Ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. Alex DeBoer, Nick Wilson, Mark Tucker, and our, our main man, Cody Watson, are ready to kick it up and get on a jet airplane, fly way out west. Buddy, we got the wildlife outdoors boy, Cody and White, are joining us tonight. Probably for an episode we hadn't done any talking on in a while. And I cannot wait to get this one underway. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. Nicholas jet lag legs and a little bit of a drink in the airport has got us feeling right as we've landed. Is it Idaho where we've landed at? I don't know. I lost track as we was going over those flyover states. We're a little bit south of Idaho, buddy. We're going there later in the year. Oh, you've been talking about Idaho all week. Turkey hunting trips booked. And are you, uh, buddy, it's getting down to the wire now. There's, there's no more rabbit. Well, no, you got one more big rabbit hunting trip this weekend, yeah, right? got a couple more. Got a couple more before the, before the end of the season. So, yep. Trips booked to Idaho, and uh, can't wait to go. I know, buddy. I cannot wait to hear what's going on out there. I hope a wolf don't eat your ass while you're there, or a grizzly bear. <laughs> I ain't worried about a wolf. I'm worried about a grizzly bear. <laughs> I know you said a grizzly bear. You talked to the lady on the phone and said, I just want to go where there ain't no grizzlies. Yeah, she said, don't worry about them grizzlies as much. Worry about them moose. And I said, moose? She said, yeah, you find one with a baby, you better not get around her. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so, maybe these boys we bring on knock. Tell us a little bit about that. I don't know if that 20 gauge will keep one off of me. <laughs> throw, you, have, throw your buckshot in yeah, there. <laughs> may have some TSS in his face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, we're rolling right on into January 2022. It's been an exciting year for us all. We've got some great things that have came to the table, you know, bringing on new team members, bringing on new content, bringing on new people that we've been able to reach out to to do episodes with. And, hey, I tell you what. The funnest part about it to me is just keeping on growing. And that's the one thing we've talked about time and time again is being able to grow. So, hey, I'm excited to be here. And I know Cody is, <laughs> as always. Well, you know, this kind of goes back to uh, kind of getting out of our shell, going out of state, doing different things. We got to do the same thing with this podcast. We got to continue to grow it to get new listeners and not just here in the South. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's been something we've always tried to do. It's not. Talk about it deer hunting. Talk about it turkey hunting. Yep. You've heard us say that time and time again. It's the outdoors. Yep. And it encompasses the whole country and what people are doing out there. It's interesting to us, and we want to hear it. That's so, right. without further ado, you know, I'd like to welcome these guys. You know, they've got an amazing YouTube channel going on. They put out great content on Instagram, their pictures, their ability to get out in the woods and explore no matter what the time of year is, and especially the shed hunting side of it that intrigued you to reach out to them. I want to welcome tonight to talk about it outdoors, the Wildlife Outdoors guys, Cody and White. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Get you pumped up, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw a video with those guys, I was thinking about when I was in South Dakota. They, these guys, when they find these sheds, they hoop and holler. And I was thinking, man, I let an elk shed go out there. I stuck it up in a stump and left it, and I didn't even get excited over it. What? And these guys, yeah, I left it sticking in a stump, sticking straight up for somebody to find. And these oh, guys, these guys blasphemy. would have been hooping and hollering. <laughs> blasphemy. <laughs> hey, but real quick on that, and they, they can probably tell us, isn't there some states where it's illegal to, to remove a shed from, from where it was found? And there's some states that are like that? Yeah, there, oh. I know there's a couple that uh, depends on what kind of land you're on. If you're on trust land or national park or different things like that, they want you to let it lie. I've got a brother-in-law that's up in uh, 
one of the Dakotas, I want to say South Dakota. And he sent me a picture of a big old elk deadhead he found and he just got to leave it there. So we started making plans, trying to sneak in at night, but we didn't end up doing that. We <laughs> figured we'd let that one lie. <laughs> that- yeah, I, I think it depends. There are definitely some states that have different regulations, like, like Nevada has a, a shed season and yeah. just some, some different stuff like that. Um, I don't know of any states that you can't pick up a shed. So apparently uh, Colorado says the CPW commission chose not to include private lands in its decision to enact a shed antler collection closure. And that was in, hmm. uh, that was in 2021 that it came out. So, well, I was wanting, I was wanting to bring that shed home, but I didn't know how to get it home. I was, It'd be I was, hell to fly on a plane with that big old thing. Yeah, they probably wouldn't like that in the luggage. So, um, yeah, dude, if it's a, if it's a nice enough shed, I'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a box and send it back. Yeah, yeah, that could be your carry-on luggage. <laughs> well, Cody and, and White, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for us to do, we want to go right into introducing you guys to everyone and kind of get a, a background of where you came from because the biggest story we can tell to people is go and watch your YouTube stuff, and they're going to learn how to do all these things, but do they really know the people behind the camera? So, Cody, let's start with you. Where would you get you start in the outdoors? Cool. That's a good question. I mean, I grew up southern Utah, Um Wyatt and I actually met in, in the town where I grew up, but I, I started hunting and fishing when I was real little. My grandpa was a pretty avid outdoorsman. My dad wasn't real big in on it, but, um, it started out with just fishing and camping. That was something that we enjoyed doing. And as the years progressed, we started to get a little more, I don't know, into it or addicted to it is probably a a better word for it. But, um, there was a, a little bit of time and, and, and I, Wyatt knows this background pretty well. Cause we've been friends for shoot. How long Wyatt, when we first meet. Uh, I was, I was in middle school. It had to have been oh, 2000, early two thousands. Yeah. So we're, we're going on, you know, 20 years of, of friendship and stuff like that. But we used to pal around and go, go yodi hunting and, run around in the hills a little bit. And then, uh, I, my first marriage, I got married to a gal that was just not, not about the hunting life. And, uh, I was out of the game for about six years, six, seven years. And Wyatt and his dad literally saved my life after I went through pretty, pretty gnarly divorce, got me back in the mountains. His dad drew a, basically it, not a once in a lifetime tag, but it might as well be. I think it took him what 23 years to draw that tag. Mm-hmm. And, wow. uh, I, I knew that why it was going to have a slew of people just ready to ready and chomping at the bit to go and help him out on that hunt. And he called me and, uh, he, he, him and his dad, that hunt literally saved my life in, in a lot of ways. And so that's kind of what kickstarted me back into it. And I, got a bow and started shooting again and was stomping around looking for sheds and stuff. And I hadn't done it for shoot probably six, little over six years at that point. So why it's down there grinning. We, we've got a zoom call going on. Y'all can't see it. He is literally got a grin on his face from side to side with that. So that's an awesome story. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> pretty special. Now, what was that hunt for? What? So there, well, it was a it was a limited entry. Well, they they called it a premium limited entry for the a place here in Utah called the Henry Mountains, okay. 
And I grew up, my dad had been putting in for that basically my whole life at that point. And so but that that's for mule deer, just yeah, yeah, mule for deer. reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so it was kind of this thing where, yeah, one, one of these days he's going to draw, he's going to draw it one of these days. And then, then he finally did. And, and it was, that was awesome. And I guess rolling right into kind of my background, somewhat similar to Cody, I've, I've grown up a lot of small towns and just kind of being, being in the outdoors and, um, what I, I don't know, just, <clears throat> it's always been something that, that I've loved to do. And I remember, remember growing up watching the outdoor channel on, on, uh, on TV and thinking, man, I can't believe there's people that actually do that all the time. And I remember for a while I wanted to be a, be a cameraman or something so I could just <laughs> be out all the time. So it's all, it's, it's been something that's always been near and dear to my heart and, um, just always love being, being out in the woods. And I guess after, well, I don't, I don't watch the outdoor channel anymore. I don't even have cable, but, uh, <laughs> seems like YouTube has kind of taken that place for me. And you can, I mean, shoot, you can, you can search up whatever you want on there and, and go Probably down find some stuff account. you shouldn't find on there too. <laughs> you can search it too <laughs> yeah, much. Sometimes you got to be careful sometimes, but uh, um, yeah. So I just always kind of watching watching hunting videos on on YouTube and and doing hunting of my own. And one day I got thinking, well, it'd be kind of fun to to start filming some of the stuff that I I do and. Um, so, so I kind of got the idea in my head and, um, actually that, that hunt on the Henry mountains, that mule deer hunt of my dad's was, I think that, that was the very first thing that I ever actually filmed. And I remember I was still really, really shy, really nervous (laughs) at that point about a camera. And so I was, I was always scared to have the camera up and filming when, when things were happening. So, so the video is terrible. A lot of it's just. (laughs) just me and Cody sitting in the truck recapping what's happened. <laughs> yeah. I didn't dare film it, but this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, a, kind of a thing, but that's kind of what really what got uh, the wildlife outdoor channel started. And, and it's, we've had some ups and downs from there, but it's just, it's just been a blast. And just one of the other big things, the reasons that we started it is it's just an excuse or another reason to get out there and, and, and do it. If you, as many reasons as you can come up with, get out there and, and you'll always, you'll always have way more luck out there than you will sitting on your couch, I guess. Yeah. So. And, and more background on Wyatt. He is, he's a straight up cowboy, like horses the whole nine yards and so he's got that background i think some of the craziest sheds you found is when you're running cattle with your father-in-law yeah it definitely you find a few that way too it's why it seems like that chill dude just riding on the horse in the back of the crowd scanning the horizon just take that hat off again let's see that hair wait a minute there look he don't look like no cowboy he, he could be a movie star with hair like that now i'm pretty sure cody had a mullet going on didn't he 
Well, I, not quite. I, He's I can't working. get away with the mullet, but it's it's growing out. And Wyatt, I think this is the first time me and Wyatt have seen each other in a few weeks. He's probably thinking I need a haircut like <laughs> you wouldn't believe. They've been giving me a hard time about getting one, too, so don't let them beat on you too much, Cody. Well, I, if I could have a mullet over overnight, I would rock that bad boy till the day I die. So, so Wyatt, is that your full-time job as a cowboy? Uh, Yeah, I, I work here. In my little town, I work at a, it's kind of a youth program, but they, they have a ranching. They, it's basically a full working ranch. And so I kind of manage that side of it. That's our second nice. cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the first one? Brandon Danker. Oh yeah. yeah. Danker was a full blown major league bow hunter. He was a full blown cowboy. Yep. That's- <laughs> and I tell you, that's, you know, it's an interesting concept to think cowboy in here in the south they ain't no cowboys here there's some that pretend to be but you stick one of us out there i'm lost don't put me near no horse i ain't riding it if i can't reach all switch i ain't riding it i'm just gonna go ahead and throw that out there right now and horses are included in our roller coasters i ain't getting on it but i think that's a it's the difference between here and there you ain't riding a horse you probably ain't walking i mean y'all ain't walking some of these places y'all trying to shed hunt or, or hunt period right i, I think everywhere well, yeah. that we we go it's i've never i've never gone out on horses to go hunt for horns yeah you can horses are are pretty good for a lot of things they'll get you they'll get you broke into some country (laughs) get you broke get you hurt yeah (laughs) that's all they've ever got me is broken (laughs) yeah hurt or or well broke is in pocketbook oh yeah that too Oh me. So let's go, you know, let's talk about the why stay in the West. What appeals to you to stay there? You know, why not move east? Well, I've number one, the West is just home and everybody everybody likes to likes home, but uh and I've never been back east much, but I've I've heard a lot about the there's a lot of a lot of private land and, and just that whole that whole element that ball game is kind of confusing to me i like it out west where if it's public land i know it's it's public land and i don't really have to worry there's there's you have to compete with other hunters obviously but i think that's just something that's been part of the game ever since i can remember so you you guess you just kind of get used to it and you learn to learn to live with it yeah I, I, I've been back East quite a bit for work and I used to fly into Texas and go to Austin, Waco and all those places to meet with business partners and things like that. And for me, I, what's a mountain out, out in the Midwest and in the East is far different from what we call mountains here in, in Utah. I mean, I'm why it's down kind of South central Utah and I'm up, up in Salt Lake city. And so I've got mountain range all the way up, you know, the east side, and I know exactly where I'm at. I get out into Texas, and I can't, I couldn't tell you what way south or up or down some of those places. And being in the mountains is something that rejuvenates me quite a bit. And my wife will attest to it if I have a hard day at work or something like that, and she hears me stomping up the stairs, she knows that I'm probably g- grabbing my fly rod and heading to the river for a few hours to just kind of relax and get back into a good mindset. Shed hunting is the same way. Um, it's, it's kind of a grind. You'll put on a lot of miles. Um, I think 
my current streak is we've done about 20 miles and I haven't found a single horn. And, uh, that's rough. That is a rough walk. Are you guys selling those sheds out in Utah? Oh, no. Well, <laughs> this is a, this is a, a point of my wife is like, you ever going to sell those things? And I'm like, why would I sell them? They're so cool looking. Uh, I, we sell a few of them. Like I'll, I, I've got two dogs and so I'll keep kind of my, I've got my small, smaller ones behind me. You guys can't see it, but I got some shells and just kind of some small muley deer antlers and i'll about to say that elk right there is not small you got behind you (laughs) no that's uh that's our that was our big find from last year my big find that's uh that's my first set of elk that i found and uh that one will probably stay on the wall until i till i get a new pb on it did you was you able to go back in there and hunt that bull no that's that was on a a pretty limited unit that uh I wish one day we'll get in on it. Why it actually goes out and helps a couple of outfitters guide that range um, or kind of in that general area, but we didn't get a chance to, to go and hunt that bad boy. I wish we could have, cause he's probably a, a big old seven point. You talk, now. you talk about public land and private land. You guys face the challenges of being drawn in the state altogether. You know, you may not get yeah. drawn. We had Chad Brunson on, and and Chad, he's from Utah. I'm not sure what part. I feel embarrassed to say that as close as we've got with him. But it's it's an interesting concept. We buy a turkey tag. We buy a deer tag right over the counter. We're guaranteed it every year. There's no question we're getting our 10 oh, yeah. does and two doe tags, or excuse me, two buck tags, and then we're getting our two turkey tags now that they've dropped it from three. But it's guaranteed every year. You guys actually have to draw for wherever you are, northern, southern, whatever units you're trying oh, yeah. to get into. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And as a resident, yeah. you could be a non a non-resident could get drawn over a resident. That's what's that's an amazing that's concept to me. I mean, it blows my freaking mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and and there's definitely they've got it split up to where there's areas that are easier to draw than others and um but then the the units where where you have a chance of killing something really big, really special, those are the those are the ones that are harder to draw. And I think that going back to the shed hunting, that, I think that's why um, shed hunting is so big. Well, I don't I don't know how big it is back east, but out west it's it's a pretty big deal. And I think a big part of that is you don't have to have a permit to go. You don't have to you don't have to draw to go hike around on public land and and pick up these sheds and you have just as much chance as the next guy of pick of walking up on something really special so that's kind of kind of the exciting part of that yeah do you have to have a permit to shed hunt those coveted areas no um, so you just the state requires you to take like an ethics course it's like a 25 question thing that you basically get quote unquote, a permit, um, just making sure that you're not going out and harassing animals that are coming out of winter and had, you know, we get hit with drought almost every year, it feels like. And so they don't want you harassing animals just to go and pick up a fresh horn or a brown or something like that. So no, no permits. I think there's one place in the state, um, Antelope Island, that's just off, off the Great Salt Lake where they've got rams and mule deer and stuff like that out there, but they don't, 
they do a lottery draw every year and you go and they basically pull a ticket. And if you're one of a hundred people, you get to go run around in a very specific area and, and that's about it. But the rest of the, the rest of the state is as fast as you can walk and as gnarly of terrain as you want to trudge. That's all you. What's the boot of choice out there on that rugged terrain? Whew. Not cowboy uh, boots. <laughs> I, I've, got a, I've got my brother-in-law. No joke. I keep I keep harassing him, telling him he needs to buy a real pair of hiking boots. But he he wears cowboy boots. He'll come and hike twenty plus miles with us in his in his cowboy boots. But <laughs> God, I bet he's got some tough ass feet. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's he's young. He's, he's still in high school, so I guess. He'll he'll pay for that later. That's right. <laughs> so what what is the top three boot selection you think that you guys are had or the best success out of a boot? Oh shoot, I don't That's know. A good question. Um, I mean, I always see people wearing crispies now. Yeah, uh, yeah. crispies crispies are really big. I I that's actually what I'm thinking of trying next. I just I bought a pair last year. I'm trying to think of the the name of them. They're a uh, Keen's a big one now, right? Or King, King does they they do camel, but the one I'm thinking of is I think it's Salawa, and they're they're kind of I think they're European or something. Indian but. moccasins, them Wapapoke Indian. They make him <laughs> Nick. Did you say King or Keen? Keen. 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 Yeah. Oh, Keen. Yeah. You're Keen. Yeah. 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 That accent got him on that one. King. Yeah. <laughs> them king boots. Them king Y'all got boots them king boots out there. <laughs> the guys from the south are making fun of the other guys from the south. <laughs> oh, I thought you said king too. I was thinking, dang, I ain't heard them boots. I might try them out next year. <laughs> <laughs> at Walmart. <laughs> oh, I've heard with survivors. <laughs> oh, God. And I think that's, you know, it, it's it's always interesting for us because we wear, you know, mucks and, and – I wear, Danner, I wear Danner's. But. Danner, Georgia boot. Danner, Danner's a big one out here too. Um, that's I, I, I have a hard time getting into like real expensive boots because I just I'm, I beat the tar out of them every single year. So it's like I've gone through what two pairs of Irish setters, and I think I've had one pair of Danner's, and I'll probably end up going back to Danner's. Um, but then you got Crispies and Schnee and kind of the the bigger names that are a little more expensive you got a lot of guys that run those and they're great quality i just i have a hard time spending that amount of money on on boots even though i i i used to ride motocross a little bit and i'd go spend five six hundred dollars on those kind of boots but i just put my feet through the ringer way did, too often i think did you buy crispies i did yeah you wear them now uh so you like them yeah they I mean, say they're, they're hard to get broke I in. Say, I don't think I've had mine broke in. I mean, what 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 do y'all try to put on a pair of boots before y'all consider them broke in good? Miles. I don't know those, those, <laughs> yeah, a lot of miles. <laughs> I just bought I they they were pretty nice. I didn't have to put much much into them before they felt felt really good. I I actually bought them. They they shipped to my house and they were there about four days before my, my muzzleloader hunt started last year. And we, we were planning on packing in a long ways. And I, yeah, I ended up going out and walking about two miles in them before that. And then it was just load the, load the packs up and head in. And I think, I think that first day we, we hiked, 
close to 20 miles and, and yeah. they, they felt good. I yeah. think the biggest thing I've heard like uh, between Danner and like crispy is that the Danners will wear on the bottom very quick yeah. because the crispies are hard. So they'll last a little yeah. bit longer on the bottom. They're not as soft. I think the biggest thing with me was just getting, getting used to like the stiffness of them because most of the time, like with cowboy boots and other things is they got a softer sole, but when you get those more mountainous boots, it's a lot stiffer sole. But yeah. but now that I've got, like I said, a few miles into them, they're starting to ease up. This episode brought to you by <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> where's that crispy boots at? Well, Dave Owen yeah, said they, he wore them three years, didn't he? Before he wore out a set of them, yeah, and that Joker's yeah. putting the miles on some boots. Well, I and you know something I think you that people and myself I'm first one to be guilty is not wearing a good pair of socks. Last year, when oh, yeah. the Black Hills, I didn't have nothing bone but cotton socks, and my feet felt like they were on fire. Really? Ooh. Yes. After walking all those service roads, man, my feet would feel like they're on fire, and I, I got to get me some merino wool this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's a, I think that's the biggest plus. Yeah, I'd smother death if I put <laughs> merino wool socks on right now. I've got on the thinnest polyester socks. I wouldn't wear socks if my boots would stink so bad. I hate socks for the passion. If I put wool socks on, I'm dying. It'd be like walking. I could walk from here to the door in a pair of wool socks, and you'd think I was wearing Crisco for socks. That's exactly <laughs> what it'd feel like. They sweat so bad. What, uh, what do you boys desire to do more, mule deer hunt, shed hunt, coyote hunt? Yes. All the above. That's what I was going to say. Cody, what do you think? I don't know. I Wyatt and I are kind of torn on this, so – based on on our experiences elk or mule deer are just that elusive gray desert ghost especially where we grow up like there's there's a lot of people that'll go hunt mountains and stuff like that there's a lot of deer out there um where we grew up was very deserty and finding big old bucks out in the desert it it will kick your trash all day long and i said so it's like i used to well i guess i still do i still dream about getting you know a 350 class bull or or bigger or something like that but getting in on a a 200 inch muley there's there's something about that that oh man i i tell you what if if i've if I had a dollar for every dirty dream I've had about getting in on a good mule deer hunt, I'd have a lot of money because they, they are sneaky little buggers. Uh, well, I ain't never heard it quite put that way, but there we go. This episode brought to you by... Yeah, yeah, no. Where's that? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, now that now that you put it that way, the whitetail community just got just got R-rated in a hurry or X-rated. Oh, man. But, I mean, that, and, and I think that's the interesting concept. You, you make mention of hunting, you know, giant mule deer, and we're chasing giant whitetails. It's so... Yeah different to think we grew up chasing you know 150 inch whitetail in georgia yeah. you know if we kill that and you're chasing 200 inch mule deer what is the common size of mule deer where you guys are from uh, it um, varies yeah it, it i don't know two 200 is definitely and i'm sure with whitetail it's the same way there's a there's a number that that's almost like the that's the the pedestal the or the level that you're that's that's without a doubt a, that's a big deer um so 200 kind of that, that mark but i don't know i a 170 mule deer is is awesome and then there's just there's just so much 
so much difference in in character and stuff you can have a 150 inch mule deer but he's he's over 30 inches wide and that's that's something special too there's just so much there's so much character so much difference there's it's it's pretty cool well how how big was that deer that we killed on your muzzleloader this last year Wyatt I don't know if I ever heard a measurement on that one uh he was 171 okay and but he's He's got some some pretty cool character, like some inline. Had y'all watched that deer since last year, or kept tabs on it? Uh, no, that uh, no, that was kind of a. <clears throat> I had another deer that that I was really watching. Oh yeah, last year, and and he ended up getting made into lion poop. Oh. <laughs> so, so we kind of had to. We kind of had to change change our plan, and we really just we just got lucky and found this other buck that. Did you find was, the Did you find the head dead at least? I did. Yeah, yeah oh, we wow. opening opening day of that muzzleloader hunt. Um, we actually made a video on that too. It's on YouTube, but yeah, we we hiked in there, and yeah, we found his head. That's awful. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh... It was pretty rough. I, we can show you pictures of, it, but like that was the buck that that we'd been watching that Wyatt had tabs on, and this is that same hunt where we went and and backpacked in. I think our base camp was probably what four or five miles in, and then we did another, I don't know, eight miles back into where we knew he had been hanging out, and it was opening morning, and we went walking through one section that we hadn't really hit very hard and all of a sudden we just started smelling dead body and Wyatt whipped around and looked right over my shoulder and our target buck was sitting there right underneath the tree. All his antlers are all chewed off and Ooh. it was heartbreaking. That sucks. You don't think nobody shot it and couldn't find it? No, I don't think so. Cause we, we got pictures of the cats on, on camera. Oh, what? I can't remember if they showed up right before or right after we think he kind of went down, but there there's lions that have been running that same territory for quite a while. And they, they kill bucks all the time. And can y'all hunt lions there? Oh yeah. Yeah. With dogs or without, I mean, do y'all are that, that's a conversation to get into. I mean, do y'all like hunting lions? I've, I've never done it. I've kind of, Picked up a newfound interest since last year. I I guarantee you, yeah, that'll change you. That'll change your mindset real quick. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, we we can use use dogs or or whatever. But I've I don't know much about it, but I'd I'd like to do it sometime. Yeah, a lot of that's one of the only tags in Utah that you can basically just go grab over the counter anytime you want and really have it in your back. Yeah, it's with with how they do the draws and stuff out in Utah. It's it's pretty particular. You can get an over-the-counter elk tag, but you can't hunt limited entry units, and you can only do spike and cow on some units and different things like that. But you know, coyotes and and predators, they're pretty loose with for right now. I'm hoping that we don't fall suit with some of these other surrounding states that have kind of called that off lately. Do y'all have a lot of coyotes there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of coyotes. Hunt them, hunt them much, or do y'all get out after them, or not as much as we ought to. We've yeah. Can y'all hunt them at night? That's that's a 
you know, I, th- I think there's some guys with some, some infrared and, and some of that that are, are hunting them at night. Um, I've, we have I haven't really done it at night. Before. Alex is trying to get an invite out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm pulling old Nick Wilson move with the turkey. Y'all yeah. got any turkeys yeah. out there? Ask him twelve questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, big, big, big time. Got back into the predator game earlier this year, big time uh, with thermals, and that's that's been the that's been the cusp of my life for the last six weeks. Is chasing yeah. coyotes here with with thar- and bobcats and foxes for that matter. I mean, it's oh, I've, I'm eat up with it. I don't know what's going to happen. Come. Come the spring of the year when you want me to film turkeys, I'm gonna be awful tired. <laughs> you guys, well, we go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we kind of go through spurts where one of us will text the other one and say like, "Hey, I got to get outside. Let's go. Let's go kill some dogs or something like that." And White used to go run cows down on the Arizona Strip, and that's that's a pretty good little section for for dogs. And I think one of the last times I went out shoot man this was years and years ago we went out and it was in the winter and we got in to where we wanted to hunt and then we got dumped on with about what 10 13 inches of snow something like that and oh we were in, we were in the wrong camo we were in just dark green everything so we're <laughs> trying to hide in trees do whatever we can to blend in and that was a long day do you find that i mean i guess you guys call them yeah, yeah. Yeah, we call them. We Electronic got or mouth calls? Both. Yeah, we've, we've played around with, with both, mostly just the the electronic calls. We don't have a whole lot of experience as far as as far as far mouth calling them. I've, I've heard somebody blow one in my ear, the little lustrous guy that just walked away from the table for a minute, blew a rabbit call in my ear one night all night long, and I was like, I ain't doing this no more. Let me go buy me a Fox Pro. I ain't listening to that. I can set that call out in front of me, at least not That's have right. it right in my ear. That's well, and right. I, you know, and I think it goes without saying that, that predators – throughout the country have to have their control for us we don't have lions or cougars or, or whatever you want to call them to chase but you ever thought about that you think about any lions out there when you're going out west yeah i mean i mean i know they're there well you're sitting there with a turkey call you're basically calling that predator right to you yeah oh yeah it's fun <laughs> i'm not really yeah, i'm yeah. not <laughs> listen i'm just worried about a grizzly bear i don't care about the wolf or you guys oh, have wolves see. We don't, we don't, not, not officially. We know we don't have any wolves, not yet. Yeah. We're, uh, we're hoping that once they kind of migrate down this way, that nobody, nobody gets in on them. Cause if we kill a wolf and there's no, no wolves, quote unquote, in Utah, then we'll count it as a, they'll count it as a coyote and we can take it home and it's not a big deal. So it's a big coyote. <laughs> a big well, I guess, I guess with, right. with pushing cattle, you, you would probably be the, some of the first ones to see if they were in that area. Yeah, I, I would assume that that we would. Um, I've and I've heard stories of wolves even coming south from Yellowstone and, yeah. and being and even someone shooting one that was collared a few years ago. And so, so I think I think they probably do, but I bet it's more in in northern Utah. I, I don't think. Yeah, as, at least as far as right now, there's not any in in the southern part of the state. Can yeah. can y'all still use trail cameras there? Or they banned them in in Utah, like they have other states. Yeah, that is, that's brand new. Yep. For for this year, they they didn't ban them completely, but they put a season on them. So I think from I think from August first to January first, they are outlawed for the purpose of hunting. 
Yep. But you can so you can run them basically from now up to July 31st and be okay. Blows my mind that that concept would even come into play that a trail camera would, you know, be banned. Yeah, yeah oh man, the, it, you need to come out here and and look though. There's some places where you'll go to and part of it is we're so water dependent. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't you go up to a to a spring or to a pond and there'll be there'll be four or five cameras on yeah on one on water a, on one okay one water maybe i'm a, maybe i'm understanding the concept a little bit better now. yeah <laughs> well and you got a, there's a lot of outfitters out here that'll run hundreds of cameras um and so it's like especially like on this unit that we went and got that Wyatt's dad's deer um there's a few outfitters that'll run I don't know, probably 50 or 60 cameras on a range that's only maybe 10 miles long or so. So you could get, you could get a, a buck on one camera and then, you know, 45 minutes later, get him on another camera and you can basically dial in every movement that he's doing. And I think that was kind of the big, big motivator in, in our state Congress and stuff like that to limit that a little bit. Cause it was kind of turning into not so fair chase because people just had bucks dialed in knew when they were coming in, knew where they were bedding, knew where they were watering all the whole nine yards. Why yeah. do me a favor, hold your hand up to the camera. Me? Yeah. That boy's got some cowboy hands on him. son. you run <laughs> up on that one in a bar, you see them hands, he, he making him, he making him 12 ounces look like a pony. You better, you better not cross him. I, I see, I see why now Cody, you run around with him. There ain't no grizzly bear getting a hold of you. <laughs> no, he, why it's a grizzly bear on his own. He's six, I don't know. You're six, three, six, four. He's a tall guy. So we, yeah. we go some places and I look like the guy that's ready to pick a fight and why it's the calm, the calm grizzly bear. That's like, Let's not do it. Let's stay calm, everybody. <laughs> Sitting in the shadows back there. I seen him scratching his face. I thought, God, I'm mighty, he's a bricklayer. He's either a bricklayer or a cowboy. He's got hands up. Woo. You boys got yeah. any plans in the near future to travel out of state anywhere? Oh, uh, we'd, lo- we'd like to. that, And that just depends on, again, the, the draws. But, but we've kind of thrown the idea around. I think we're going to going to put in Colorado and maybe Nevada and then New Mexico for sure. Yeah. Cause they don't have a point system there. So it's, you basically have the same chance every year there. So yeah, it, it comes down to whatever we can, whatever tags we can draw and then whatever time we can put out of our, our work schedule to, to go and, and have fun. No yeah. desire to chase whitetails out West. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, excuse me, out east. <laughs> I'll throw that one out there. I don't know if I would want to chase him out west that bad. No. See, see one sit standing next to a mule deer, and I'd have a hard time not shooting the mule deer. But I <laughs> see some of those some of those bucks that have the, the six or eight inch brow tines and stuff. That that gets me going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm working with a couple of my clients in my day job that they're big time hunters out in Tennessee and Alabama and stuff like that. And so I'm trying to line up a hunt. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but I've got a few people that have some pretty good plots of land and they say, say the word and we'll get you on a buck. It might not be a giant, but it'd be a good little thing to hang up in my living room for sure. I think it's different. The concepts as you go, you know, we've, we've never chased mule deer. We've never chased elk. No. And to ask if you would want to chase whitetails, 
the draw for us chasing an animal in another state's the adventure, you know, yeah. more so than the rack. But for me, I wouldn't want to kill an elk because I don't want to hang it. Where am I going to put it <laughs> on the side of the barn? You know, I mean, the mule deer, yeah, I could get it mounted and put it in the in the house or in, you know a room somewhere, but. Where the hell am I going to hang an elk? I mean, I ain't got, let me kill a spike. I'll eat it. I just let me kill a spike or an elk. I can put that go. in the freezer. Yeah. I you, I was going to say, if you got an elk, you could uh, mount it up on that wall behind you and his nose would be tickling your neck. All <laughs> yeah, there, exactly. So. Can I do that, Nick? Yeah, bring it over there, son. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, line us up an elk hunt. I bet you, I bet you guys have probably never sat in a tree stand, have you? Never have. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I've finagled my way up a tree and sat in there, but it there, probably, it was, It'd probably it's be very ugly. boring to them. Yeah, after, it, it probably as much would. as a spot. Well, I don't stop. know. I mean, you know, we think about the walk in. He just said he walked twenty miles in one day, and we're, we're bitching about walking two miles on a public <laughs> ground to get to a stand. You know, I mean, I'm I'm serious. Yeah. You know, we walk in. Yeah. Oh, I went two miles back in there, and everybody's like, two miles. You walked how far? Oh my god! And this guy just said he walked twenty miles to find one damn side of a shed. I'm like, god, what? You know, that's yeah. the blood, that's the difference in. But that's the difference in the way you grew up. In the way that we grew up, I mean, hundred well, yards I, is a long walk. Yeah, and I think the territory, like your guys's land and the trees and stuff. I was, I was just, let's see, when was I back in in Atlanta? Not too long ago, maybe a few months ago, and driving those highways where I mean, it's just trees lined all the way down. Right. I started getting claustrophobic because <laughs> you can drive from one end of the state to the other and never have an enclosed highway on with trees or anything like that on either side of you it's just open desert and mountains all the way down so i get why you guys hunt tree stands because hiking through some of that nonsense i wouldn't go very far two miles <laughs> sounds like a long way right, in right. that in that forest here's a question I, we, I don't think we've asked anybody from out west have you guys ever eat a mule deer i mean i know you've probably eaten a mule deer have you ever eaten a whitetail and do they taste any different i don't know if i've had whitetail have you i I have never had whitetail. Okay. I Good did. question. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had mule deer. Have you? I, I haven't. Nope. nope. Well, I don't we'll know that I've had elk. Meet up and do a, a meat swap or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had elk. This episode brought to you by meat swappers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. We just ruined that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you you come to you come to Georgia if you travel out here. We're fifty minutes from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Oh heck You yeah. fly out with some, and we'll we'll must have a wild game supper sometime. You know something um, I I ain't heard them say. They must not be turkey hunters. No, they hadn't mentioned turkey hunting. So so listen, I <laughs> I was I was a turkey hunter once. Uh, <laughs> once, <laughs> me too. <laughs> the, the spring that I I graduated from high school, I kind of the same thing. Been watching the Outdoor Channel and these guys hunting turkeys with the bow and and all that. So I thought, well, I'm. We do we do have turkeys here and uh, yeah. they come into come into the farmland and stuff and so I I think I think even for a turkey tag it's I had to draw it was pretty yep. easy to draw but I had I had to put in for it and I I drew the tag and I think that <clears throat> the last two or three weeks of my senior year I was gone I just just hunting turkeys every day and gosh dang those suckers are they're smarter than what I give them yeah. credit for. I was just thinking, shoot, I see them all the time. I've about hit a few with my truck. So yeah. how, hard, <laughs> how hard could it be? But gosh, dang, I, it, it was, it didn't take me long to go from the bow to the shotgun and thinking, <laughs> man, 
but any yeah, I I never did. I never did kill a turkey, and then seems like as soon as the season was over, there there was a swerving yep. to try to not hit with my truck again. Yeah, no, we uh we we start chomping at the bit for spring, not for turkeys, but we start drooling over sheds and I why I don't know why it does this, but I do this all the time that I'll go and pick up a shed and just sit there and hold it on my couch because I'm ready to go stomp around in the hills for something. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best yeah. way to look for those sheds? I mean, other There's, than just getting out walking, what do you, what do you is it a walk? <laughs> yeah. What are you looking for? I mean, you're, you gotta be, you got you gotta be just looking at. Yeah. The biggest, honestly, in my opinion, the best way to be successful hunting sheds is if you're looking for elk sheds, then go find the, go find the bull elk before the shed and yeah. figure out where they're living. And that, that narrows down your area quite a bit because I mean, those, those days that we're hiking 20 miles, um, some of it we're in, we're in really good country and we're on, on tracks and stuff. And then some of it's just kind of, kind of a waste of time. And so if you can narrow that down, that's, that's a pretty huge advantage if you can spend a little time beforehand. Yeah. And I feel like, and by no means is this the right way to do it, but this is, we've seen success where we'll go out and kind of glass them up before they start dropping and then kind of try and keep tabs on them. But we're looking for a lot of the same thing. You're looking for, you know, scat and, and poop on the ground and looking for rubs and things like that. Cause they'll, they'll rub trees right up until the day they fall off. And I've seen, I've never found a hanger, but a lot of times they'll be rubbing in trees and stuff like that. Cause it's starting to ache. They can feel that, that pedicle starting to break down and it's bugging them and they're, it's starting to hurt. And so they'll rub on stuff and break off on, or I guess shed on trees and different things like that. But I found that just getting out and walking and making sure I stay in sign and look, keeping my head on a swivel and things like that, you start to pick up, pick up an eye for it. A lot of guys will get up on a high peak and, and glass a whole hillside and glass up two or three sheds or a bunch of sheds. And they, so they know, exactly where they're going and they'll stumble on sheds all day long, but where the bulls all hang out together and the bucks typically hang out kind of in the same area. If you know where they're hitting water and where they're traveling from, that's kind of where we start. And then we just start hoofing it. Shed hunting's not that big here in Georgia for us, really. Um, have you guys had any altercation out there with anyone on public ground? Is this no. this is where we plead the Fifth Amendment, right? We, we don't, you won't tell you, you see how big white is, don't you? They, he's toting. They, they say, "Oh, you can have it, big fella. You go ahead." Oh, that's you why, found Co- it that's why Cody keeps that radio. He's like, "Hey, come over." Here. <laughs> we got cold red. Let's get it. Uh, we uh, we don't usually run into a pretty, ton of people. Yeah, we've been pretty pretty lucky. A lot of days, I mean, it, there's always a chance of running into someone, and seems like you either go. You either go too early and they haven't shed yet or or otherwise you're there's already tracks that have yeah. been there and so that gets kind of kind of frustrating but no we've everybody we've ever ran into or talked to it just i don't know it's just kind of the golden rule you treat others the way you'd like to be treated and yeah if you treat them with with kindness and respect they're generally going to treat you the same way yeah and we the only, I think the only thing that when we do, we have run into people, it's, 
not telling them where our honey holes are, which is pretty stereotypical to, to hunters. I, my wife always teases me that hunting season is like the bachelor or the desperate housewives for men that <laughs> you just, the drama's there and nobody's telling you what's really going on and things like that. And it's, it's funny, but yeah, we haven't had any real, I wouldn't even call them altercations. A lot of times if we run into people and they've got horns on their back or in the back of their truck, it's, you know, we're showing them off and telling them, yeah, it was cool. This one was sitting like this and side-by-side set and all that stuff. And so you kind of just, I don't know, everybody's pretty friendly. I have, I have yet to have somebody get all bent out of shape because I'm in their area on public land. So. Okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for a second. Okay. It's daylight. Sun's just breaking over the ridge. You throw out a call off in the distance. You hear your quarry answer back you strike out you're chasing that particular animal that has given that sound when i say that what are you chasing cody Ooh, it i it's hard to beat the scream of an elk bugle so, all right there, there, and let me stop yeah. you right there because the reason yeah, i asked that <laughs> is the reason i would ask you the same question you hear that gobble off in the distance there's so many similarities between the way that you guys hunt elk and the way that you guys hunt turkeys. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. yeah. I mean, there, there's that same concept. At daylight, you're looking for that one sound. Yeah. Do you have a desire to go to chase elk? Oh, I do. I just don't have the time off at work. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you, you still – but <laughs> yeah. you heard them say that, you know, that the yeah. chasing the turkeys, does that concept not not dial into your – That's you what know, people, your, people say turkey is, is a – you know, it's just a – uh, elk is a turkey on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of steroids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just thought about I, that for a second. I just, I just thought that's an interesting mindset to get in. You know, you guys are bugling and chasing an elk or a cow call and making them bugle, and you're throwing out a. And the only reason I don't chase elk, and I've been invited several times, is just because it's usually in September, and I yep. use my vacation to go to Illinois in November. So right. I don't yeah. have the capability of doing that i wish yeah. i did yeah yeah that's funny i might have yeah. thought that was a, you don't know. get me wrong i'd love to take off from september to <laughs> January. <end of> november <laughs> take off september till uh Christmas what, but, yeah. yeah there you go well and i think it's an interesting concept that's why a lot of people don't like hunting mule deer because even in the rut and stuff like that you're not you know you're not grunt calling them and and different things like that you're not rattling them in it's just a different concept because I know that's how you guys will call whitetails in during that rut is rattling antlers and giving them grunts and throwing estrus all over trees and stuff like that. Right, right. Or scaring them just off. A, yeah, know. we'll hit them horns yeah. together a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a rattle master. Might, this might be a dumb question, but a whitetail leaves markings like a horn. We call it a horn tree. We call it a scrape. Yeah. Does a, does a mule deer also do the same thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they, they aren't um elk definitely do it more. I don't yeah. think mule deer are as aggressive as far as that goes, but yeah, they'll they'll definitely rub on trees. Yeah. Okay. Typically it's just when they're they're shedding their velvet and stuff like that, but we've run into elk elk rubs and stuff like that that you can just tell it's a monster cuz they've rubbed a a 10 foot tree almost top to bottom. <laughs> A what? Ten. A t- ten. He said foot. ten. He said ten foot, buddy. How many inches is that? That's a lot of inches. <laughs> That's a lot of inches. Yeah. Hey, um, 
I'm gonna spin off hunting real quick. You guys do some ice yeah. fishing. I noticed on your YouTube channel um, that is not something that happens in Georgia. So, um, what what <laughs> what what is that? I, I was fishing here, driving to Captain D's when it when it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, did you guys start that in an early age? Or is that something you picked up later on? Oh man, I think that's the first fishing that I ever did was going out with my grandpa and sitting on a bucket, freezing my tuckus off for shit, I don't know how many hours and catching one fish and just being thrilled to death. And now I go do the same thing. And my wife, my wife teases me all the time. She's like, why would you want to go sit on a frozen lake just to catch a fish? And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I go up the Canyon in 20 degree weather and go wade through a river and catch a fish there. And then I'm just as happy as in the spring but yeah that's probably the first fishing that i ever did was ice fishing those ice huts and and that camaraderie in those moments remind me of like a deer camp you know and i'm sure they have elk camp and things like that but them sitting in those Mm -hmm. huts you know hell they build a fire in there don't y'all don't y'all build a fire on that ice yeah nice you can you can barbecue your your food in there and have a little heater and yeah you want. <laughs> i'd have a long rope i'd have a long rope back to the bank <laughs> you ain't dragging yourself that far <laughs> i've seen them drive toll trucks out there park on that ice with campers and stuff oh. i'm like nah how thick is that ice yeah. typically uh out in utah it doesn't get like up in the like michigan area and stuff like that where you see them dropping trailers and the floor drops out and they got a dedicated hole like i I've only ever seen one truck get out onto a lake here in Utah. I know there's a few people that gamble that, but <laughs> I just, I don't, no, 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 but no, it's no. typically, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not. And I, like I went, I went ice fishing on Saturday. Um, and I, I should have told you why Sorry. We went down to Otter Creek and wow. slayed it. But, <laughs> wow. Uh, now the truth. Wow. Wow. Anyway, so moving <laughs> on. Uh, no, we, Hope we you didn't catch shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were 10, I think 10 inches thick at that lake. And it's still, uh, I, if you guys ever make it out to Utah in the wintertime, you ought to go and do that because the the lake will heat up in the day and it'll crack and rumble and it sounds like everything's gonna fall apart and your butt pucker is pretty good when no, that happens. I'm a good. No, I'm gonna stay <laughs> off. I'm gonna stay off the ice. The, the thinnest ice I've ever been on, I think, was three and a half inches. Yeah, that's. And I, that's I was the guy that was with me was like, "Oh yeah, we're we're good." And I was I was like laying spread eagle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting though because i mean we haven't really talked about ice fishing with anyone so um this has been some pretty good stuff um y'all got anything for i'm no, gonna you're, hit you're him with good. a couple questions real quick i want i want to ask one question like, what's like what do y'all what's one of the craziest finds y'all found like any like deadheads for sheep or anything like that or just normal just everyday elk mule deer sheds yeah, I've never found any any sheep or anything like that. Um, I probably the the weirdest thing for me was to find that that deadhead that I found of that buck that I was trying to hunt. It was just so because in my mind he was still alive and I was going to kill him. And just the fact that we hiked in there and open it literally opening morning, yeah, we found his we found his head and it was it was just weird the and all the square miles of thick cedar trees in there. We just happened to 
to walk right up on him and, and find him. And so that, that for me, and just the history I kind of had with him, that that's probably the most special find that I've, I've got. Yeah. I would say mine's probably this set that's sitting behind me just cause um, up until last year, I had only, I had really only gotten into mule deer sheds and found some, some decent ones on different hunts or hiking around and stuff like that, but never really like dedicated to go out and find a bunch of sheds. And one of my goals was to get a match set and I stumbled on, let's see on that side over there. How many miles, how many miles were you to find that? that So I, just to find that left side, I was just shy of 21 miles. I think we had been hiking around for what, two days, Eh, maybe not quite two days. We'd done a couple of like a morning and an evening hike and Wyatt just was slain. He found a handful of mule browns and everything like that. So I was getting pretty discouraged and I walked up on that one and by hell, I was going to find the set to that thing. And so I started walking circles that were, you know, two feet, two feet wide, just widening, 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 and, um, finally stumbled on that one. And they're, they're about 15 pounds each. So hiking back to the truck was, was quite the chore because they just flopping all over in my bag. They were so big. I couldn't tie them up. And so that was so far, that's probably my, my highlight for sheds. We found some wild ones. Wyatt's found some ones with big old gnarly cheaters and stickers on them and stuff like that. But it's fun regardless of what you're finding. What would that, what would that bull score right there, Cody behind you? Oh, why? Yeah. That's the one that Wyatt found. So this one, we, we rough measured it and he's just shy of about three fifty. Oh, wow. So, but that, that shed right there that Wyatt's holding up viewers can't see it, but we can send you a picture. That one is a freak of nature. That's wild. That is wild. That's big. Y'all can't see it, but it's big. <laughs> yes, big. Hey, Cody. Cody, Even I'm gonna, in his big old hands. <laughs> I'm gonna start yeah. with you, man, and, and I got a couple questions for both you guys. But uh, yeah. what would be your perfect day in the outdoors? Who? See, and I knew you were gonna answer this question, and I just I thought about it for too long. I would say I had almost my perfect day in the outdoors just last September. So we. I was in the the middle of a an archery mule deer hunt and had I think I took like 15 days off work or something like and something ridiculous. I've got a job that shouldn't pay me as much as they do and I get way too much time off, but we uh went up to this mountain range and we're just going to go high alpine lake fly fishing. And we we camped right on the lake and rolled out of bed right at sunrise. We got to the lake right as the it was just kind of orange, dusty light. And there's elk all over this range. And one bull just screamed across the lake. And it was the most majestical thing I've ever had happen to me in person. So even, I would say my ideal outdoors experience is if I can go and fish around a little bit, but even if I'm just looking at animals and hearing them and stuff like that, killing them's fun and and having a trophy to take home and getting some meat in the freezer and stuff like that is kind of a bonus. But for me, hunting, hunting took me from a real deep, dark place in my life and literally just 
I, I don't even know how to describe it, that if, even if I'm just sitting around in the mountains, I can just feel my energy coming back and I'm, I'm happy, I'm content. So being out there with my dogs and wife, looking at animals and throwing a fly on the water, that's, that's as good as it gets for me. Good answer, man. How about you, Watt? Um, God, I don't know. <clears throat> I kind of look back to that, that hunt that I was able to do with, with my dad. And I've, I've hunted with my dad a lot over, over the years. And, um, I think whether, whether it's my dad or, or my wife or just, just being around family, that's like Cody said with his wife, that's, that's huge. Um, that just makes it even better when, when we can get them out with us. So just be, being around family, but then, so just the, the camaraderie and, and then just being able to, to sit behind a pair of binoculars or, or a spotting scope. And, and I'm definitely a mule deer, man. I, I love, love big mule deer. And so anywhere where I can, I can get on a, a glassing spot and just sit and, and spot. And I've had a few days where just from one spot I can sit and spend quite a few hours just because I'm, I'm just looking over deer after deer after deer. And, and that's, I think that's probably would be my, my ideal or my, my perfect day out, out in the woods. Good deal. I oh. like it. I like that <laughs> yeah. because that's different. Yeah. Than, some, you know, most everybody wants to kill something. Yes, just just be being able to right. see them, you know, both of y'all, y'all brought that y'all, y'all answered that question very eloquently. Um, why let's stay on you, buddy. Um, let's say somebody from Georgia here is listening to this podcast. They want to come out West and go meal deer hunting. What's a good piece of advice you'd give those guys? Oh, shoot. The, I don't know. The, the biggest thing is just, just come do it. Like it's even for me thinking of going somewhere out of state and trying something I've never done is, is pretty intimidating, but honestly there's there's ways ways to do it and there there's all kinds of kinds of services like i think go hunt has a service and there's epic outdoors and hunting fool and there's all these there they do their their magazines but they do all these hunt services so there there are ways to help get you set up and and figure out when when to put in and where the best place to put in where you've got the highest to amount of chances to to draw and and so there i guess what i'm saying is there's there are there's a means to to get there and so it can can seem intimidating but just um especially in the world we live in now with with youtube and social media and all that it's just reach out to people and and get connected and there's there's always someone that that's willing to to help you out and the biggest biggest thing is just just go do it yeah that's right just go just go (laughs) how about you cody you got any advice for the listeners uh i would say for anybody coming out from from back east i'll I'll share a little story while we were on this this hunt that we keep referring to with wyatt's dad um we we get to know a lot of the outfitters that run stuff on these limited entry units and stuff and talking to one they they had some some guy that was out of alabama or somewhere like that that was so used to hunting private land 
that when he came out and opening morning and he saw trucks running and side by sides and people scurrying all over the mountains, trying to get, you know, get on certain deer, certain bucks that they'd had pegged for weeks and weeks and weeks. And he took one look at that and he hopped in his truck and headed home after he had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it, get the tag and have somebody go out and scout for him and all that. And I, I would kind of back up what Wyatt says, like, just do it, but just, just know that it's going to be a little bit different. Um, you'll probably end up putting a lot of miles on the truck and a lot of miles on your feet. So prep for that, hike around the city or wherever you can with, you know, your backpack on and put some weight in there and kind of get used to it. Cause you'll be packing water and stuff, but there's so much public land around that you can get into places that nobody else is going to want to go. Cause it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly, but there's some great deer to be found. It's just, it just takes a little bit of work. So. Good deal, man. Um, lastly for both of you guys, Cody, what are you most thankful for? Who, you know, there's, there's so many things. And I think that my wife's upstairs. I think she's done with her nap. So I'm going to be careful what I say right here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, she's, she's one thing that come getting out of a very toxic relationship in a marriage where I was somebody that I was not and kind of forewent being with my friends. I mean, Wyatt and I have been good, good friends since a very young age. And during, while I was married to my ex-wife, I hardly saw him at all. And, uh, my wife now is extremely supportive of, uh, of what, what Wyatt and I are trying to do with, with wildlife outdoors and being outside. And she always makes the joke that she'd rather me be into hunting and fishing and outdoor stuff than, sitting around playing video games or streaming on Twitch or whatever nonsense guys are doing. <laughs> not, not to say I don't like that, but if, if I have the chance to be outside in the mountains and things like that, I'd, I'd take that over pretty much everything. And I I'm most thankful for my wife and how much support she's given me in something that it, it's me to my core. So it, it, that's something that I, I would not trade for anything. Good answer. Yep. What? You're on deck, baby. Well, I, um, obviously my, my wife as well and her, her support for, for what, what we're trying to do. And she was actually the first person to say it when I, I said, and I, I think it'd be fun to do a, a YouTube channel or something and try to film some of this stuff. And she said, well, why don't you just, why don't you do it? And so she's been, she's been super supportive of, of that and really everything um, that I've ever wanted to do just, just really supportive. And so, so I'd say my wife is number one. And then just, I feel extremely blessed to, to live where I do, where I live and to have such close access to all of the things that I love. It's, it's all right out my front door. And so I, I feel extremely blessed to, to live where I do. Good deal. Fellas, I appreciate you taking our message on Instagram, coming on here. Um, for anybody listening to this, go over to YouTube, check them out. Um, they got some good content, and I'm sure you guys got plenty more coming because shed season's just now starting out there, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
As soon as White gets back from his Hawaii trip, we'll uh, we'll start pounding the miles out in the hills. There you go. Hawaii? <laughs> ain't yeah, cha- ain't bought, no deer chasing Hawaii. <laughs> I bought my wife a, a trip to Hawaii for Christmas, and so that's coming up. We're actually leaving tonight. So. Oh, oh, nice. 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 So, man, I appreciate you guys both coming on here. Um, I'm sure we'll spin back yeah. up, and we'll be talking down the road. So hope we see you guys soon. You guys got anything? Yeah. No, I just appreciate y'all coming on here i'll be interested to see see what y'all put out and i'm sure y'all got some big things planned so we look forward to it marcus oh well thank you no no, yeah Yeah, thanks thanks. for coming on and uh good luck out there stay safe and we'll talk to you later sounds good any anytime you guys want us on we're happy to come on back and shoot the breeze with you so um real quick where can everyone find you guys oh shoot hold (laughs) on i gotta look up our handles we got so many things going on so our uh our youtube channel is just wildlife and uh we can we can send you a link to to do that and stuff and then on instagram oh geez what are we on instagram Wyatt? the wildlife outdoors yeah there's an underscore in there somewhere yeah so we'll we put the we'll the, put the we'll be we'll be sure to yeah, tag y'all tag y'all in when the episode drops and all that so yeah, that sounds good. We've got, we've even got a website, just wildlife outdoors with a Z that you can check us out there. There's a link to our YouTube and everything like that. So we, we'd appreciate the follows and things like that because we want to keep doing this kind of similar to you guys is our, our goal this year is to grow. And bef- before we started recording, it was just so fortuitous that we, Wyatt and I were talking about a podcast and lo and behold, Nick hits us up and says, well, I'll be on a podcast. So now we, we're learning from the best. I like it. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know about the best, but we're trying to grow just like you guys are. And, and you know, like Nick said, we sure appreciate you guys coming on and being with us tonight. And that brings us down to the final spit of the evening. And, you know, the typical outlook on what we chase really depends on where we live and how we're raised. The morning lights, the morning's light brings a different passion to chase and different dreams to live. The interesting concept to me tonight is just how we can relate to each other no matter how far the miles are that separate us. Our biggest fear in the, here in the southeast is rattlesnakes while Cody and White's may be a giant count po- cat pouncing on them as they're sitting there blowing an elk call or whatever it may be. Either way, we continue to chase our passions, talking about it, and living the wildlife. And from all of us here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank everyone for being with us want to thank you for coming and being with us again and listening and supporting us wherever you can. And come back and listen when you will. And remember, smile as you go, but don't forget, mount the memories.